So welcome to the Intern Whisper Live, the show all about internships and how to excel and do well. A reminder to our listeners, you can call us live on the air, 407-582-2906. You can also chat with us online through Intern Pursuit's Facebook live chat. And coming up on this episode, we're looking at the end of the semester. People are getting summer internships. We um, have a new beta. Uh, we have a new beta early adopter that's just joined up with us. So if you're still an employer that would like to be a part of our program, we'd like to invite you to do that. And if you're a student looking for an internship, contact me, Isabella, at Isabella at internpursuit.tech. So people can find Intern Pursuit on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can find our game on Facebook and Twitter. And again, you can listen to us live on mixlr.com forward slash Valencia College Radio. Follow the Intern Whisperer, and you can find us on five podcast channels, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean. Uh, and again, watch us live on Facebook. So our first patron of the evening is RB Advisory. We'd like to make sure that you know all about our patrons. RB Advisory offers cybersecurity services to businesses worldwide. They are security specialists for cloud, computer, network, and compliance issues. RB Advisory addresses active threats to organizations, patching network vulnerabilities, and preventing future attacks to your business and information. Their website is rbadvisoryllc.com. Thank you, RB Advisory, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer. So, um, tonight on our show, we are going to be having a guest, John Fairful, the, uh, one of the owners of Simplicity Solutions, and also a patron of our show. Uh, we want to make sure that if you're a student and you'd like to join our startup team and be a part of Intern Pursuit, you could be a student influencer, brand ambassador, we're accepting graphic designers, and video, and game design, game artists. You can go to internpursuit.tech and forward slash careers. Check out the job descriptions there. You can find us on Handshake and other platforms. And we are also inviting, again, employers to be part of our early adopter beta program. Welcoming John Fairful to our show. Hi, John. Hey, Isabella. Thanks for having me. Really glad to have you here. Um, we're going to, as you know, we always talk about things that relate to students, employment, internships, Pretty sure you know that drill. Mm -hmm. um, but why did you choose software development as your career? Because with the employers, we do something totally different. It's all about their show. It's all, I mean, not their show. It's all about their business. And, you know, how did you get into it? What's your entrepreneurial journey and innovation and all of those good things? Right. So uh, right out of high school, I worked as an IT guy. Um, I did uh, on-site support and I did phone support for PC manufacturers and I did that in the early 2000s, and it just didn't, uh, you know, <laughs> that was about the time where they were starting to outsource that stuff to India, and, and the money just wasn't there. And then the recession happened, and um, it was hard to get a job in that. And so I just had decided, I had already known how to do um, software development, web development, really, from an early age. I started doing it when I was 16, and I had some friends who were in it, and it seemed like it was good money in it, and so I just started doing it. Also, my wife was was doing it. My wife is a graphic designer, so we started a business together. 
and that was around 2007. Mm. But if your wife is a graphic designer, is she also uh, a coder? Like she programs? Yeah, so she does front end development. Oh, okay. Yeah. WordPress or like yep. custom? She can do CMS development like WordPress. She's done like uh, Expression Engine and ModX and stuff like that in the past as well. Um, and she does a lot of the like HTML and CSS coding. Mm. I'm going to guess, because I know you have a daughter, that that might be a possible career path for your daughter. Well, I don't know. She She's very creative. I mean, she, she's artistic, so... She could go down that way. She also likes music, you know, so who okay, knows? Well, it works in the family. <laughs> <laughs> she gets it from both sides of the family, pretty sure. Right. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of changes from when you first came into software development. How old were you when you first started having an interest in it? Well, I uh, I started developing websites in 1998. Was that like high school or something? Yeah, I was, a, I guess, a junior in high school. Mm. So I did it in the summer. I, of that year, I learned how to code websites. And it's, it's much different. I mean, back then, I would say it's easier now in a way because back then there wasn't a lot of information. Um, and obviously, just internet connections were slower. Um, documentation wasn't available. I mean, I learned how to do it with Front Page 98 just by reading help menus and stuff. Um, now, I mean, you can find, you can look up any question on Google and find an answer. You know, somebody has already had the same issue. Um, so that's, I guess that's changed. There's also just more that you can do with the web now. Um, obviously, it's very commercial. Um, there's mobile, there's, you know, multimedia and video, and, you know, YouTube and all that didn't exist back then. Um, so, I mean, I guess the internet just in general is a lot more advanced now. That is very true. Tell me, um, I remember when I was in school that uh, there were punch-out cards. Did you guys, you, you probably didn't do punch-out cards, like the IBM cards? Punched cards? No. No, I never did we that. We would go to the dorm, uh, to the college campuses and go pick up all of those and then throw them everywhere. They were like, <laughs> for anybody that was in custodial services, they did not like us. Yeah, that's, my father-in-law did that back <laughs> in like the 70s. Yeah. Not a good thing there. Um, so, wait, I'm trying to figure out how to transition back. And I, I, like, did something, and I went, oh, my gosh, I changed the uh, whole transition window here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to figure that one out. Um, so you started in this uh, path of software development, and that's, that's super cool. But do you also do graphic? Because I know you said your wife does. Um, I'm, no, I'm not really too too much of a designer um i mean i know how to use photoshop but i couldn't put together like a, a an interface design or anything like that in a professional way i'm, I'm more on the technical coding side i guess mm -hmm. <coughs> yeah. i'm still trying to figure that out okay mm -hmm. i'll figure it out so going back to train of thought here you chose not to go the traditional route of school and most of the people that are on our show are usually people that go school go to school and specifically for a degree however we've had other people that are employers they haven't done that they've gone a very different route where they just jumped right into the field and began um, taking the craft whether it was they self-taught themselves how to code they um, read a lot they watched you know videos 
That's how they learn. Mm-hmm. You didn't choose that. Why did you choose not to go that route? Um, in a way, it was out of necessity because when you know when I basically graduated from high school, um, they, there were just some issues. My my parents were older when they had me, and so they were kind of sick, to be honest. Um, and I kind of needed to stay home a lot and take care of them and, and work. I had to work a job, full time job. Um, so I was able to get you know, what was a pretty good paying job doing IT support just because I had some knowledge of that already, um, just from my own. Like, I had always worked in small businesses. My father was an entrepreneur. He was a business owner. And so I had learned how to do desktop support and all that. Um, I kind of had the idea of getting into college later. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I didn't, a big thing was I didn't want to take on student loans. So neither my wife or I have student loans. And it's, it's allowed us to, I mean, back then, um, you know, there wasn't much, as much of an issue with those as there are now. But I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of glad that I don't have them. I've been able to do some I things. I have student yeah. loans still. Yeah. So I feel that. Yeah. So that was a big part of it. Um, I had looked at stuff like full sale and whatnot, but and my wife did too, but by the time, um, sh- you know, we were looking into doing that, we were kind of like, well, we already know how to do this stuff. We already taught ourselves to do it. Um, so, because my wife didn't graduate from college either. She, she, oh. yeah, she's uh, she went to school for an A degree, and she's like a credit short of it or something. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> But so that's it's that's kind of like I think I would have gone back and just picked it up for the one credit, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, so it's a mixture of practicality and just and just not wanting to get involved in in debt, I guess. Yeah, totally get it. Mm-hmm. So, how did you? Um, what advice would you give to students that are seeking software development as a career? Because one of the things that I've seen is there's a lot of boot camps, there's a lot of very affordable courses, whether it's Udemy or Skillshare or Coursera. You can take a lot of that, and it's super fast, and mm-hmm. it's uh, way less expensive. I don't know where what your thoughts are about what that trade it, trade-off is. I think a lot of the times the reason why people go to school is because it's a social experience. Mm-hmm. Part of it is that's what is expected, but... Uh, it's a coming of age, and it's where they get more of a ability to see what it's like to take care of themselves and just experience mm-hmm. some independence and trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, so I guess the question is, what would I recommend school or the or the Code Academy type yeah. stuff? Yeah, and whatever your thoughts are as to why one might be better than the other. So um, what I would recommend to anybody who wants to get into like producing code for money um, type of a thing is to start doing it as quickly as possible, first of all. So if that means picking up a book or going through a course online, um, it's a it's a hard thing to do. It's, it's a very um, demanding job, and it's um, any training that you get, whether that's at a college or otherwise, is not going to prepare you for like a production environment where you have to produce code within a certain amount of time. That's a big thing that I notice as an employer, is that someone can someone can have knowledge and of like the latest frameworks or trends, or they have, you know, they ha- on paper they have the skills, but n- but being able to put that into practice in when there's pressure and deadlines, that's something that you have to kind of 
you know, just get experience with. So you can do that. You can learn the basics of development, web development, do get some small jobs, do something, do something on the side to get some clients, um, just get your feet wet with it. I think there is a lot of, um, I think that there's like getting a computer, a four year computer science degree. There's value in that. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend that everyone take the path that I took necessarily. Um, I actually never, I've never really recommended that. I've never been like, Hey, you should drop out of college. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess but both. Honestly, I mean, don't you think you can do it in two years, maybe not four? Well, if you're going to be if you're going to be a developer, you're probably going to want to get that four year, you know, computer science degree. I would mm -hmm. think take some math and stuff like that. I mean, if you if you're going to be more on the front end side, then yeah, just get an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. But the move is getting away from website development and going into artificial intelligence. Well, there's a bigger push for that type of computer science degree mm -hmm. and having it be way more specialized. Yeah, I mean. I don't know that everybody who that everybody's going to be cut out for AI. I mean, I think there's a lot of. I mean, um, besides websites, I mean, there's a lot of. Um, there's like a real dearth of people in this country working in just business process stuff. So, like, that's what my company does a lot of. Is is we have like tracking software and stuff like this, business applications. Mm -hmm. A lot of this is like outsourced, and um, there's a there's a push employers to you know bring some of these jobs back home so if someone isn't cut out for advanced artificial intelligence and all that there's still a lot to be done with web development skills in business software and business process analysis in my opinion oh I would agree with that yeah. that includes the SEO because for the people like myself who are not gifted in that area that's just like a truly is another language but it's not something that I would know to do, and it's well worth it to be able to hire somebody that can take care of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I would say yes. The the websites that are easy for me to, to play with are like Wix or Weebly or Squarespace, not WordPress. I'm not a fan of WordPress. It makes mm -hmm. me cry because those... <laughs> Those plugins start shifting things around, and you really, I think WordPress does require some type of coding experience. Um, <coughs> or at least yeah, if you, the plugins. yeah, if you want to customize it um, to a great extent, then yeah, you're going to have to know like some some real coding, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. You just started touching on to your business. Why don't you tell our listeners, even though you're a patron and we have been doing an announcement here for a good three months mm -hmm. about Simplicity Solutions, why don't you tell us what a day looks like for Simplicity Solutions? We can talk about anything you wish about it, whether it's the type of clients you you interact with or what does that look like? Well, so we have um, we have an interesting company. We uh, we're a small team, so that right now there's like seven or eight of us, um, with like three of those people being um, remote. So there's just if you come into our office, there'll be four or five people in there, um, depending on if our um, if we're out of meetings or whatever. There could be even less. Um, <laughs> sometimes you might come in and there's one person in there, um, but we have kind of a broad clientele. So we work with you know we do marketing support and marketing websites for um, some people in the entertainment industry. Um, we just did a website. Um, well, we didn't do the website, but we, we just did a, um, uh, 
we supported an event for top rank boxing. Um, so um, that's a that's a large boxing promoter, and we kind of did like IT support for their um, for their server infrastructure because it was a large event with a lot of concurrent users. Um, so that was something we were working on last week. Um, we also do um, small business websites. So we have a relationship with the uh, Chamber of Commerce in Volusia County, and we just, I mean, you're talking about like your local plumber or an HVAC company or, <clears throat> you know, construct local construction company. We do websites like that. We also do um, like software, like I was talking about, like tracking software, records management software for government entities um, and large companies like we recently worked with Everbank. Um, we have a project we're working on with Pfizer. Um, yeah. So, Those yeah. Really big companies. Yeah, so we have partners throughout the country that kind of um, kind of bring us this different type of work. So we have a lot of different things that we do. Yeah. And I remember you um, also when we had first met that you do government work too. Yeah, so we do uh, – we just did a project. We're wrapping it up for the city of Clearwater for tracking um, s their their record storage facility. And um, we've worked with um, large government agencies and kind of like one one company that we worked with recently is um, Freddie Mac. Mm -hmm. It's not government anymore. I, I believe that it was denationalized. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, we do work for like uh, people inside the Beltway pretty much, you know, like inside the Beltway organizations and companies. So that's pretty broad. And when you started your business – it was it's you and your brother and I guess your wife, right? Mm -hmm. The three of you together. Um, to me, that would be really challenging because you live with your business partner outside of work and then you work together. So you really have to like each other a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and the same, I would say, would hold true with um, working with your brother. You guys must really like each other a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, that can be challenging for some people. How have you been able to make that work for you guys i'm not sure what you mean that's a good answer <laughs> that's a really good answer <laughs> um i mean to be able you got to be able to turn off and i mean honestly to be to be just brutally honest when things are going really well then it's easy to turn off and when things aren't going so well then it's not that's the nature of small business um so yeah i mean the thing is with my wife and i is that we've both worked in the same industry even when we haven't worked together because we worked together in the past as well at a different company that we didn't own. And um, you end up just talking shop. So we're kind of like used to that. Um, you know, and I mean, we've known each other for a long time and, and worked together, all three of us, to a point where we can kind of keep out of each other's way, you know, not get right. into too many, too many fights, I guess, kind of keep everything well, moving in the same direction. Right, yeah, yeah, because it has to be that um, I think I think this is what I would have to do is separate business from personal and realize that right. you know when you get in the car to go home that okay all of that business stuff it is taboo it cannot be discussed anywhere else outside of the office just to keep a separation I yeah. think that's what I would try and do yeah I mean like I said if it, if things are going really well then that's easy. Of course. You know? <laughs> be, of course that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, self-development. What do you read or listen to to stay current with either your industry or 
just trends that are going on and so you can be more predictive and be ready for what business opportunities you could have. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I read a website on a daily basis just for news called Zero Hedge. Um, it's like a financial and, I guess, political website, but it covers current events. Um, I mean, I like it. It's I find it to be pretty unbiased and everything. I also um, listen to a couple podcasts. I listen to uh, right now. I'm listening to a podcast called "The Art of Paid Traffic" mm-hmm. by this guy Rick Mulready. So he's he's a guy. It's it's a podcast that has to do with with marketing. It's a marketing, and you know, it's like search engine. It's it's mainly it has a lot to do with um, social media marketing. It's a really good podcast. I listened to some um, recently. I listened to some courses from him. Um, I also listen to a financial podcast called The Peter Schiff Show, and I like to try to keep up on financial trends. I think that, um, first of all, you know, we're kind of, you know, with the business cycle, we're kind of, you know, probably nearer to a recession, you know, than than we ever have been. <laughs> oh, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, and so that as a small business owner, I mean, that's really going to affect you, right? Like, especially with my my company, we kind of work in um government and marketing you know so marketing dollars can dry up real quick in a recession and budgets can you know tax tax revenues can go down and everything so um i like that podcast and um yeah that's a lot of what i listen to right now or read where where do you listen to that one is it on all of the podcast channels or those podcasts yeah they're on like itunes stitcher spotify youtube So I was on a podcast yesterday, and it's uh, Daniel Botero's um, podcast. It's Mastering College to Career. Okay. And he and I kind of run in that same place of um, making sure that, you know, students are prepared for their first job. But, you know, I'm more on the employer side. He's very specifically for students. One that I like for business that I've talked about before on this is Masters of Scale. That's mm-hmm. Reed Hawkins. He brings in people that have um, started in the garage with their business and then been able to scale it like you know Zuckerberg, you know, a lot of different people. And they talk about their little story of how it was like nothing and then it turned into this gigantic right. um, company. And it's real inspiring because when I drive around or when I'm looking around, I always go, okay, everybody started small. Like mm-hmm. Publix started small. They had to have at one time, and then they're like this big food chain. Mm-hmm. Masters of scale. Masters of scale. I'll have to check that out. He actually uh, co-founded LinkedIn, oh and well. then he also is with a uh, a venture group that funds startups. What's his name? Reed Hoffman. Okay. R E I D. Interesting. Yep. So that's one that I recommend, and I'm going to look for yours. Okay. Yeah. So I'll go and listen to it because that sounds interesting. But I'm giving um, Daniel's a little shout out too because he he's going to be a guest in May. Yeah, May is when he's going to be coming in, and um, on this show. So that's so our listeners know what to expect. What do you think the hardest part is about being an entrepreneur? To me, I would have thought it was the family thing, but I'm going to bet yeah. you're going to say no. Um. Well, I mean, you mean for me or in general? For you personally, yeah. <coughs> uh, I would say the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is the risk that you take and the uncertainty, right? So you take a big risk, and there's a potential reward there, um, but you don't know if you're going to get it. And also, 
I think any entrepreneur will tell you that when you start, when you start off, which this is not my first business, so I mean, I knew this ahead of time, but when you start, there's always, you know, the hardest part of something is when you're in the middle of it, okay? Mm -hmm. So so when you start it, you're you're very, you know, exuberant or whatever, and then, you know, when, when you're, when it's coming to fruition, you're happy, but in the middle, um, you can, you can get a lot of anxiety or things can just be a lot harder than you thought they were. That's basically, I guess, what I'm trying to say. And there's a, there's a, there's an anxiety around, I don't know if I can do it. Like, I don't, like, again, it's that uncertainty. Like, I don't know where the line is and I don't know if I can push the boulder to that line. Right. Right. Um, And so there is, you know, there's a phenomenon of like entrepreneurial anxiety and everything. And, you know, it can mess with you from like a from like a um, self worth or self image oh, perspective. I totally agree. Yeah, like oh, I did this and I'm an idiot and it's not going to work. You know, you always have those like thoughts. You know, like sometimes I say like you know when I'm in the uh, I told someone recently like yeah you know sometimes when I'm like getting ready in the morning like if I'm in the shower if I'm doing my teeth you know I, I let myself have like a little panic attack and then I'm like okay it's over mm-hmm. now I got to go on with the day. Another another hard part about entrepreneurship is like just burning out. I mean, it's like a cliche, but you can um, you can very easily like I've had times in my business where it seems like all I do is work. You know, yeah, I can totally relate. Yeah, I mean, you're just working and sleeping, and all, and it's tough because that's not going to get you where you want to go just working hard that's that's what i would say like if i could sum it up in one thing being an entrepreneur just working hard is not gonna get you to where it is there's a lot of facets to it yeah i would agree with that and it's um that's gonna be a question is a little bit later it's about finding that balance because you know my day will start like around you know seven and it goes until like about ten that's a long time, you know, and it's really the ability to have somebody else to walk with you, so to speak, uh, in a business is key. One of the things that I always used to wish for is I went, I really want to have employees. And with that comes, what is it, you know, the Spider-Man, that comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, there you go. Now we're going to get copyright trouble right no i I gave the (laughs) shout out i said it was spider-man i made sure i said that but the ability to manage that um power wisely just know how to run it not be thinking that you have to have all the answers is key but it's also if you're going to have employees then you better be prepared because there's going to be it's not just you you're taking care of you're taking care of families now yeah, um, having responsibility or having employees is a big responsibility. The hardest part of having employees, I guess, from my perspective, is you kind of you go from so like in my business right now, I still do a lot of production work, you know, and you go it's it's very difficult to transition from being someone who's doing the work to being someone who's basically giving the people doing the work what they need to do the work in the best way and everything um that that goes to scaling your business and all that and yeah it's very difficult really hard okay so what's the best part of being an entrepreneur 
I mean, I think that anyone would tell you that it's the impact, I guess, that you can have. So you can you can affect, um, first of all, what you do has a big impact. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have a hard time just working at a large company where, you know, it's like, hey, just a do job? the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. Well, not just a job. Like I've worked in I've worked at jobs like in small businesses before and I did fine with that. But I like to I like to see that I have a big impact or that what I um that what I say has a lot of sway and like mm-hmm. influence basically in what's gonna happen. Um and so when you're when you run your own business, I mean obviously that's all on you, you know, so it's it's I mean, in my opinion, that's good. And then you can impact people's lives by creating value in society and and bringing people on to work in it. And also the products that you create, you know, have a lot of impact and make people's lives better, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I would say that's what it is. In, yeah, in some. it's feeling like you can leave a legacy, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's, you know, it's influence. I mean, uh, that's the way I would put it. Legacy okay. to leg- legacy more to me is like when something is over i guess but when you're doing it it's the influence that you exert um you're not just some nameless person in a conference room or or in a in a stadium listening to like the ceo you know give a talk mm-hmm. like you're the guy you know <clears throat> i like that at least i mean it's not for everyone no i agree i think that is key the ability to impact people yep so what does innovation mean for you? Oh, I skipped a question, but we'll come back to it. So what does innovation <laughs> mean to you? It's still typing. This is so good. This guy. Innovation in general? Yeah. I mean, it's How just do you define it? I- innovation is kind of like everyone's walking in one direction and you just walk in the other direction. You know, it's like doing your own thing. You see a problem and like taking charge of it. I mean, I think it's what like America, it's what I like to think of as like America, like all these great inventions came out of our country. Um, and there's been a lot of bad things that our country has done or a lot of indifferent things. But, I mean, there's also, you know, we have that, like, talk about legacy, the legacy of the United States is business, innovation, commerce. And so, I mean, I, I think that we're still on top when it comes to that stuff. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's just going your own way, forging your own way, you know. And also innovation can be, it's not even just on that scale. I mean, it can just be in seeing a lot of innovation that happens is just in seeing a trend and saying, Hey, I can buck this trend Mm -hmm. and like, I can create value that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I can just change this one thing, you know, um, I can copy this business model, but tweak it this way. And that's how, I mean, ultimately that's how society progresses. Oh, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, if you want to capture even more market share, I remember reading this in a case study that Pampers and Loves, I think it's Pampers and Loves, are the same product, but they just, you know, they were capturing more of the mar- market share. And then they go and white label it for the stores, so now it's like more market share that they can capture indirectly. Mm-hmm. Right. Differentiating through marketing. Yeah. Yep. So what changes in the software development in industry do you see happening because of innovation? Because of innovation. Hmm. I mean, I think, first of all, just in general in the software business, I think that there are going to be more jobs brought back into the U.S. And um, I think that... You mean like in, in the programming in that area mm-hmm. or manufacturing? or? Because I think in the, the tech side. to go to more uh, robots 
mm-hmm. like you know the autonomous driving cars, things like that, then there could be more of that coming back into the United States. I know that's what the president wants. Well, I think that the manufacturing base is um, is gone, and that it's going to like traditional manufacturing. Mm-hmm. It's gone. I mean, the fa- the thing that's hard about people talking about oh we're going to bring manufacturing back is like yeah it's great we need to it would be great to make things and have you know surpluses and not deficits but you know in order to capitalize a factory you have to like there are physical things that would need to be built that don't just appear because you change policy but i think that in the high-tech sector so high-tech manufacturing in the u.s is actually growing Um, but i also just think in software development like I, i i believe that I believe that we can produce a better product in this in this country when it comes to that stuff, mm. um, and I think we will. Um, so I think that that's a trend, um, and I think that um, the the I guess the emergence of more like you're talking about AI. Yeah. Um, I think that more tools becoming available for developers to integrate AI into applications is going to be a big thing. Um, <clears throat> I also see a trend. I read. I recently read, and I think I sent you an article about something. I work kind of. I'm kind of involved in the healthcare industry with one of my clients, and a big thing has been AI and healthcare. And um, for years, people have been talking about. I mean, I was always skeptical of this. It's like, would you want to go to a doctor and have a computer tell you what's wrong with you? You know, probably not. Um, a lot of people probably wouldn't be. Um, comfortable with that and so i think that a trend in healthcare it um is a move away from that and to use ai as more of a um supplement you know i went to uh the lake nona area and they had the house of the future (laughs) and it was built around wellness health and wellness Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. when you have you been to that house i know all about what you're talking about so when you when i went into the bathroom there was a shower that it would um, make sure that it was showering you not just with water but with vitamin C mm-hmm. throughout it. Yep. And if you went to use the the toilet, it could tell you based on whether it was your urine or the excrement um, if you had any diseases too. Mm-hmm. I found that so interesting. But then there was a, a toothbrush. And it when they, you know, it was handheld, but when you're brushing your teeth, it was able to tell if you had any gum or any diseases or anything wrong with your teeth. So I felt like there's this place where it's going to supplement, I think, healthcare to help us see if there's uh, be more preventative and more proactive in our, our own health. Um, I'm going to also mention that the thing with manufacturing, this popped into my head too when we were, you were sharing your thoughts. Um, 3D printing is like everybody can be a manufacturer now. You mm-hmm. can 3D print your whole house. So it manufacturing that, that we think of in the traditional sense, maybe not, but the ability to print things for your home could totally t- could totally be there as a manufacturing type of a concept. Anyway, I threw two things back at you. So, <laughs> so what you're talking about there is this thing called the well-building standard. So there's a company that I actually did – I actually worked with that did um, a lot of the building in Lake Nona. Mm-hmm. And they created this thing called the well building standard. It's basically the idea that the buildings should be built to a certain specification that improves wellness. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with like 
a lot of different factors. So you could have like the light in the room or the, the even just the products used in manufacturing it. So an example would be to limit like formaldehyde or things like that. Um, and I just looked it up real quick. It, quick. It's called the Wit House. It's W H I T, which mm -hmm. is an acronym for. Um, I don't know. I have to sit here and find it really quick too. But it's you were using a term that I wasn't familiar with, and the Wit is home of the future Lake Mary. That's all it's telling me right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I worked with one of the companies that built some of the buildings in Lake Nona that have to do with that. So that that's was interesting. really interesting when I went through that house. Yeah. So what do you think about the idea of the 3D printer and everybody being a their own manufacturer? Well, because I mean... We can do that with food, even. 3D print food, yeah. Um, the uh, 3D printers have been around for a long time. I mean, they're cool. Um, and there's also a self-replicating 3D printer called the, the RepRap. So that's kind Wait, of an interesting concept. A 3D printer prints another 3D printer? It prints itself, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I think I think there's a lot of controversy around 3D printers since people started 3D printing weapons and so forth. Um, I think that I, like I've personally looked into um, additive manufacturing, whatever you call it, rapid prototyping for some products that we've looked at creating in the past. And I think it's interesting. I mean, it has some applications. Um, I don't know how quickly, I think it's been overblown how quickly it's going to like revolutionize our lives. You know, like people, I mean, you can already buy a 3D printer and put it in your house, but people don't generally do it because it's, I think it's a little complicated too. I mean, you yeah. have to be able to use, you have to, I mean, you have to, you have to have some knowledge to do it, I guess. It's kind of like Bitcoin, you know, like not a lot of people use Bitcoin because they think it's too complicated. But I think that eventually, sure, you could see that, especially in, 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 industry like in businesses and stuff will have 3d printers okay wow time has just really slipped by so really quick i'm going to do another little um music clip this is music from our intern pursuit the game hold on a minute all right so our next spotlight transi transition our patron is simplicity solutions group does this feel weird? <laughs> Specializes in web design development, hybrid mobile, and custom web apps built on proprietary application framework. They help businesses thrive in the digital age from web design to records management software. The website is simplicitysolutionsgroup.com. Thank you, Sol Simplicity Solutions Group, for being a patron of the Intern Whisper Live. All right. So... We're going to have to go, like, really fast now. I know we started a little bit late, so we can take, an, you know, a little bit of extra time. Um, this is on the personal side, so people can know more about you that's kind of fun and interesting. Not like software development isn't fun and interesting, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, you're a musician and a minister. And if you were to start over in another career path, what would you choose and why? Would it be one of those paths? Well, uh, no, I wouldn't go back into music because I did that already. Um, but I would actually, I mean, I've, and I'm looking at this in the future as maybe going into um, housing, like you're talking about. Man like, I think there is some innovation to be done in the manufacture of housing, which I think is going to be. like construction buildings? Yeah. Like real construction buildings? Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that there's some technology, um, which is very interesting that can come online, which would make housing more affordable. I mean, there's a lot of people who can't afford housing now. 
that's a an industry that's going to be innovative in the next decade or so. So my dad went back to school. He was working full time at uh, at Lockheed Martin, and he picked up a contractor's license. My mother was the foreman, and then my brothers and I we were the cleanup crew mm-hmm. for the houses. Is that like how you envision it, where it's like a family thing also, or oh, a business that I would start yeah. in? It? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I guess my dream for that would be if I if I did well with my business and I kind of became like just a on the board or something, or I had more time that I would just start this as like a venture. Um, and I don't know if I'd start it with my family or not. I haven't really thought that far yeah. ahead. Maybe get, just get people to do it for it's me. Just a little star twinkling right there for you. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, all right. Your favorite type of music and artists, who are they? So and I, what do you play also? Oh, I play the bass and guitar and I sing. Okay. Um, and I play a little keyboard too. So, um, I like jazz, so I like Miles Davis, Dave Brubeck Quartet, Modern Jazz Quartet, you know, John Coltrane, stuff like that. I also like rock music. Um, some of the bands that influenced me um, were like <coughs> stuff like Jimmy World, um, like more of the mainstream bands I'll list, not people you've never heard of. Stuff like that, Weezer or Green Day. That was the kind of music that I played. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also influenced by like some like Steely Dan. I like them, like some seventies music. Not Elvis Presley. Because of my sideburns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of figured that's where they came from. Is from some influence he's had on you musically. No, I just I guess I'm just an Irish dude with sideburns. You know. Got it. All right, so who are the individuals, leaders, or mentors that you admire that have influenced your life or your thinking, and why? I mean, I guess as a Christian, I would say Jesus, first of all. Oh, I put that person out there, too. You did? I did. Um, did. My father influenced me to become a businessman. Mm -hmm. Um, My pastor's been a big influence in my life, Pastor George Sled. I had a couple teachers growing up, Jay Williams and Ted Mayberg, who, you know, made learning interesting. Um, I'm I'm actually, uh, you know, this is going to sound weird, but Colonel Sanders. I don't, I, know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever read about him, but he, he didn't really start KFC until he was like in his 60s, you know, and he kind of innovated in entrepreneurship and so forth. So those are some people. Yep, that's all good. Okay, so we are wrapping up at the end of the show, and... I usually have another piece of music that I play, so I'm going to do that one right now, too, so I can finish it all out. This is Sophie Lloyd's music from our game. She's in England. She is an intern that's 16 years old and created all of this great music for us. And she's got some new music that we're going to have next month as new clips. I'm not supposed to play that one right now. I'm not. That's for at the very, very end. So I got all excited about it. So nope. So here, we're going to go down to uh, just giving a special shout-out to Valencia College. I want to thank you, Q. He came down here. He made sure that the show started on time. Thank you, Q. Thank you to Valencia College for um, giving us this showroom and being able to be in this studio. We always have all of this equipment. We don't have to bring it in, take it out. And then also I want to give a shout-out to Abby because he was the one that spent a lot of time training me how to do this successfully this week so that's my special shout out there and i don't know if you know this but 
every week we always give a shout out. I give a shout out, should I say, to all of the software team, to the game team, to to every single person. So it's always at the end of the show. If you've ever listened to it, you'll hear your name. <laughs> so, John, who are your shout outs for? I'm going to give a shout out to the West Volusia Chamber of Commerce. Okay, why? We're doing a, um, they're having the Valor Awards for first responders and so forth. Mm. Um, we're doing that. We're helping them out with that. We sponsored it. And so, and, we, and they work very closely with us, and they do a lot of good work in our community. So That's I nice. always shout them out. That's nice. Do you want to say hi to your daughter? Your Oh, yeah, sure. Annika, my little daughter, my wife, Rockhole. Um, who else? I don't know, your brother? Yeah, sure. Bill Fairful. Okay. Nelson Mandela. <laughs> okay. Is That's he alive nice. in this timeline? I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> They can be living, dead. It can be people that you personally know that you don't know. It's There's no restriction on any of those that you acknowledge, whether it's a shout-out or um, just you know people that have influenced your life. So it's all good. I'm going to give you a shout-out, Isabella. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So how to contact us if you've been listening to the show. That's great. We love that. But you can go to facebook.com forward slash interpursuit. You can follow us there and get notified when the show goes live. You can also listen to us on mixlr.com forward slash Valencia College Radio and look for the Intern Whisperer. And then you can follow us on Twitter at Intern Pursuit. So as we close the show, we want to tell you thank you for listening to us. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Okay, now the music comes. (laughs) 